the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I'm James and with me as always is my good friend Colt. Yes sir. And we are here live in the CEP studios today. Back, back at it. Back at it. It's back been what? Three weeks at least. Has it been three? Well, three since we recorded. I think it's been two since we dropped an episode because we were sitting on one or two, even though we weren't able to get in here and record. Okay. So we we dropped an episode with... Isaac Miller. Isaac Miller, Kansas mm-hmm. City personal trainer, mm-hmm. a competition trainer. And that was a good episode. And yeah, that's. I think that was the, the, our last drop that we made wasn't it? it was so hopefully everybody enjoyed that episode yes. i know you all watched it and hopefully gained some insight and some some wisdom from isaac he, he was uh he had a lot of good information to spit mm-hmm. but otherwise we've just been doing life and life has in a lot of ways gotten in the way of other parts of our life including podcasting but mm-hmm. you know every once in a while it's okay to take a break it's okay to chill out, relax, kind of get your bearings. Mm-hmm. We're working on some some new stuff, some you know new uh, you know production value, new material. Working on new guests, working mm-hmm. on some new things that we want to bring to the table. So hiatus is is good sometimes. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm realizing that life is gonna be there no matter what. So like, I- instead of spending too much time trying to slow things down you just got to find a way to figure it out yeah. like like to, to to roll with the punches and not like i don't know like focus focus on the things that are important but don't like put so much effort into trying to slow things down because life's going to keep on going no matter what and I and I say that knowing that it's going to get a lot worse for me here before long. In about what five weeks? Uh, five weeks from Thursday. Five weeks from if, Thursday. If she goes to full term, right? Yeah. So yeah, your life is about to your schedule is about to need a lot more scrutiny. Yeah, I'm. So yes, um, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as, and and everybody I talk to says like, dude. Listen, life is going to get hectic here before long. And I get it. It is. Yeah. But we're also in an interesting situation. I know I've said it on the show before, but we're in an interesting situation where, you know, my my mom and my dad live right down the driveway from me. Mm-hmm. So my mom is going to be babysitting our son. Yeah. So really, my schedule is not going to be that different because I'm still I still am going to be getting up to be at work at five or six o'clock in the morning before everybody else wakes up. Mm-hmm. Well, unless... The kid is up. Um, but, you know, my wife goes to work at nine. So my mom will be taking over at that point. And then whenever we get home, she will be going back down, you know, to her life again. So, like, really, I might, I might have to shorten things a little bit, like in the afternoons here and there. But yeah. it's not going to be that, you know, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be necessarily <clears throat> drastic, at least logistically. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you know, I think about, and I've seen this in multiple like factories that I've worked in stuff like that, um, that I'm very lucky to be in the position that I am because I see um, married couples 
who work in the same at the same factory or whatever, yeah. who have kids, and the only way for them to make it work, they don't have family or babysitters or whatever. Right. So the only way to make it work is work different shifts, and then when one is coming into work, you give the kid to the other one who is getting off of work. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see each other. You know, it's you know, I've, I've seen it happen. I'm just like, man, how do you even... How do you do that? That's a marital strain. Yeah, it is. You know, that's a that's a marital strain waiting to happen at least. Mm-hmm. It's on deck. So you are fortunate there. But logistically, like, you know, it's not going to be that drastic, but your priorities are also about to shift, mm-hmm. you know, right. because can I go to the gym today, you know, or, or do I need to be home with little dude, mm-hmm. you know, or do I got some time for disc golf or, or do I need to be there? Right. Not only do you, is it need to be there, you're going to want to be Absolutely. there, you know, so yeah. your priorities just kind of shift over to that. Like mm-hmm. there's got to be something going on with him to where you're not necessarily going to have time or else some of those other things are going to get a lot less of your time, which is not a bad thing at all. You it's know? not. And we're, I mean, you know, like even me and you, you know, we, play disc golf together we go to the gym together and stuff like that and we've kind of slowly shifted things for us that help in that direction too like right now we're only hitting the gym three days a week right we're getting everything in that we need to get but it's you know it's basically like you get that three days in now you're free if you can get another day or two in that's great and it's just extra days as long as you feel good yeah but if not you still hit everything that you needed to hit Mm -hmm. and you still trained hard and those kinds of things so we're kind of you know, me and you have shifted things, it, but based shit, me and you, the things that we do outside of, um, like outside of me being at home is basically all that I, I do. You know, my, it was funny. You came over last night to watch the, uh, Connor and Poirier fight. And my wife made the comment. She's like, well, my husband's basically married to you. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, you got at least on Sundays and <laughs> at least three to four other days during the week. <laughs> it's kind of a part-time, you know, situation. Yeah, absolutely. But- yeah. I get her point, but you know, also the point is though, even maybe other than disc golf, which I still feel like is a priority in my life to some degree, just because I want to get better at it and be able to, you know, compete, not, not necessarily like officially, but I just want to get better. It's, it's something I kind of put my mind to, but the things that we do together though are productive. Yeah. You absolutely. know, when you and I are together, most of the time, we're not just sitting around BSing, mm-hmm. drinking craft beer and things like that. It's mm-hmm. like we're either podcasting, working out, or disc golf, mm-hmm. right? And all yep. three of those things, like even the disc golf is, is your cardio. It's good exercise. Right. It's getting outside. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's stress relieving. So everything that we do, almost everything is, is productive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's how we can we can continue to get by with it. Just justify what we're <laughs> yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right, uh-huh. Totally, which, you know, I don't know how much justification we need, but. You know, live, live. I think it was you who posted not too long ago about um, waiting for things to slow down, mm-hmm. but it's not going to. So, something I'm paraphrasing and butchering it, but just basically get used to it. Yeah, basically, this is saying life. like, yeah, being an adult is just telling yourself things will slow down after this week, every week until you die. There you go. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. Because really, they don't, even when you think they do, life throws some kind of a curveball at you, mm-hmm. and here you go again. So yep. you're better off just, you know, doing the best you can and enjoying the ride as much as possible. Right. And trying to, you know, priorities. This is what I'm working on. I have been working on in my life for really hard, which I always have, you know, since I've had kids. My, my whole world shifted, obviously, and they're 12 and 9 now, so it's been that long I've been trying to work on this, but life keeps changing, too. Mm-hmm. You know, as they get older, they get new interests, you know, different issues happen. I get new interests, and, and life just keeps shifting, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always trying to work on making sure that I have my priorities set accordingly, 
And and right now, I feel like over this past month, especially, I've just been at this kind of almost another crossroads to where I'm I'm really needing to just hamper down. I I really just need to hunker down on what my priorities are and in really focusing on those things because I, sometimes life just gets so overwhelming. I lose focus. Well, I mean, it's it's. It- it's hard to do though sometimes because sometimes from week to week, your priorities change. Mm-hmm. True. You try, I mean, you you kind of have a general idea all the time of what your priorities are, but within those priorities are other priorities that you kind of have to hone in on sometimes and be like, this is more important than this over here right now, and you and you have to make decisions on what that what that's going to be. Yeah, that's a very good point because, you know, work obviously is one of my priorities, not just because I need to make money because it's it's like I have missions, you know. It's it's like my passion, mm-hmm. one of my passions to do what I do. But even within work, you know, there's there's projects that happen that I have to focus on and hone in on for that period in time. And sometimes I don't even see those things coming. Like I have to be reactive to an issue or, or a project that's come up that I didn't have any insight into the fact that it was even going to be a thing. And so now I have to kind of shift myself. What that does is it's kind of a domino effect, right? And it kind of affects all my other priorities that I had prioritized. Right. And that kind of thing can happen with kids, especially with the family. Um, just you, you name it, your, your priorities within your priorities. That's a, that's a whole other ball of wax, mm-hmm. you know? But and priorities have been they've been shifting lately. I know that you know once again we were um, supposed to. Well, I mean we we deviated from our our recording pattern from mm-hmm. from our typical schedule, but we did some things that that needed to be done. For one thing, I went on vacation. Mm-hmm. You know, went down to Destin, Florida, and and spent some time on the beach, which is very therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. The ocean is my number one place to be on the planet. At this point, I go out there and going out there at night is it's a spiritual thing for me, especially. I mean, the daytime is, too. And I've I've always been drawn to the beach ever since I was a young, young pup. I was always drawn to the beach before I even went to the beach. I didn't even know why I saw it on TV. I've always wanted to surf, things like that, which I still have never done. Mm -hmm. But it, it was just a draw that I've always had. And while I was down there this past time at night by myself, there were, you know, there's, you can see forever out in the ocean. I think three miles is where the earth starts to curve and you start to lose your sight. But you can see storms off in the distance that will never come inland, you know, mm-hmm. lightning and, you know, you can just feel everything. And I got to thinking, why is it that I love the ocean so much? I mean, it's awesome. It's cool. I think that's hard to deny, but it's like, it, it affects me. Like it's something like huge for me. And I've never really had really strong insight as to why that is. But I'm down there this past time, and it kind of occurs to me, it actually hit pretty hard. It hit, you know, it hit home. But I think it's all of the energy that's just constantly taking place. Like the ocean is alive. And it's almost contradictory because I can be down there amongst the sounds, like it's loud, the, the waves crashing in. There's usually a lot of wind. You know, there's the, the marine life, the birds, and, and everything that's just making noise. And... For some reason, through all that energy, I, I find my focus. Like I could, I, I was able to get down there and ask myself questions that I, I can't ask normally because my mind rejects them. You know, mm-hmm. I have this wall built. You know, whether it's you know questions I have about you know the the unanswered things that 
I would have liked to resolve before my dad passed away. You know, those kinds of things. Um, it, it, a lot of things just about my relationships and things like that about myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm down there and all of a sudden I can hear these questions without that wall. And it's just, I, it must be that energy, the, 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 the life down there. It's just, it's, it's uh, invigorating to me. It, it sparks something in me that I, I don't have anywhere else. I don't know if this would have anything to do with it, but like it's almost the the unknown of the ocean too. Like to me, could help. Like could help help with that. Like you're you're talking about like answering unknown questions or or you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a huge unknown to the ocean, also. Like isn't it? Um, I don't know what the percentages is, but don't they say that we know like so much less about what's actually in the ocean than we do what's in space? Something like that. I'm not sure what the exact. It's pretty creepy, yeah. right? Like to not. I mean, and to think of how big of things are in the ocean. Yeah, is just un unfathomable about like how many things and how big things are that are in the ocean. Right. Like, could you imagine seeing like an actual like massive squid? <laughs> you know, yeah. big those things get. I know they get as big as houses. God. Yeah. And I have I have trouble with that whole concept though because if they say we only know 10 percent of what's in the ocean well how do you know there's another 90 percent of anything if you don't know but i guess that's true. But, but i think the, the the fact is they're always finding new things like mm-hmm. you can go out in the ocean and they also have only explored so much of the ocean depths true you know so they they, they you know every time they go down they find this new freaky thing swimming around that well, it looks like are, an alien you had no idea was even on this planet we also don't have equipment to go down as far as we can right because the pressure gets so great i think that's a big part of it yeah Yeah. i mean there's probably things that are like mile more you know miles and miles and miles farther down in the ocean Mm -hmm. than than we can i'm not going to say ever but that at least right now we can't get to yeah yeah and on the note of of the unknown i I did recognize that it's something the whole thing that the the ocean and just the weather and the atmosphere out there it's all something much bigger than me Mm mm-hmm you know, and, and but it's still it's so much bigger than me, and yet it's so calming. It, it's so in, in a way, it's so peaceful. Mm-hmm. It, it's hard for me to explain. Like I can go to a mountain and look at a mountain. A mountain is bigger than me as well, but it just it just sits there. Yeah, you know, a lot of life there, and, and I, I love the mountains. Haven't been in long enough, or it's been too long. Rather, I need to go back. Is what I mean, okay. right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> but uh, there's there's nothing like the ocean for me. Second, second to the ocean for me is yet another body of water, a river, which I'm getting ready to float on this yeah. upcoming week. And yeah. So that's also very therapeutic for me. But yeah, the, the ocean, that, that beach time, it was, it was very therapeutic and yet it was, it's always very difficult to come back to reality, you know, because I, 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 I find myself out there, but I lose myself coming back home. Also, I guess it could be the sounds too, right? Like the sound of the waves going out and in or like the river, just the sound of the river mm-hmm. going. Like it's almost like the sound, it's a it's a pleasant sound that's um, a calming sound, but it's just enough to like drown out your thoughts, right? To like overpower what you're thinking about to where you can just think about the water or like think about what is overpowering the other thoughts in your brain. Mm-hmm. So I guess it could be worse. Maybe it's maybe you're thinking about too many things at once or maybe you can let the water 
like drown out everything else to where this is all you're thinking about right now. It's like a meditation type of thing. Yeah, it's crazy because thinking is in so many layers. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think you're on to something there because the, it, there's a top layer of, of my mind, of my inner dialogue that that drowns out and I can, I can trace the, like the somewhat of the origins to why this happens in my, in my mind, but there's a top layer that's always trying to drown out some of that deeper stuff because my mind feels like it's, it might be too deep. It might be too much to handle. I, I don't have time or it might send me into, you know, some kind of depression or anxiety or something like that. So my, my top layer, my, my, my prefrontal cortex or whatever is, is trying to make the decision to say, you know what, we're not going to talk about that right now mm-hmm. because I, I've spent some time, especially as a, as a youngster, really it, it even started in elementary school. I had you know what's known as intrusive thinking, intrusive thoughts. It was thoughts that came into my brain and I rejected those thoughts because they most of them were horrible and I didn't know why they were there. So I had to you know, condition my mind to not let those thoughts even come. So it had to be quick and mm-hmm. it, it's a long, hard process. I don't even know if I could really explain it truly. But I understand that level of intrusive thinking. So that top layer has been conditioned to build up that wall that won't let those thoughts go. So back to your point, if the if the ocean is able or the river, whatever the case, is able to drown out that top layer, then I'm free to explore those those bottom layer thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, that need to be addressed. And you can think of that as just the unconscious mind, the unconscious. A lot of people call it subconscious. Yeah. But it's the unconscious mind that's really needing to resolve some of these issues that are down way down deep in there mm-hmm. that my my you know first layer still won't allow me to do right. unless I have that mediator. That mediator is the my my lovely ocean. You know my my time of doing that is always my ride to work in the morning. Mm. I rarely ever turn on the radio or a podcast or anything like that. I normally, as soon as I get in the truck, roll or turn the radio down. I normally have something I'm thinking about. I don't know what it is. And I always tell myself, like I try to, I try to think of a couple of things that I kind of want to work out in my brain, whether that be a work related thing or a, you know, something outside of work at home or whatever, try to work these things out a little bit in my brain while I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself, okay, like here's three things. Let's think about these things. And then by the time I get to work, I'm like, I got through halfway through one of those things on what I'm trying to think about all the different, you know, little puzzle pieces there are in that one thought. And I get to work and I'm pissed off. So I'm like, I didn't even get close. I'm just thinking about, you know, and you do, it's just weird to think that there's so many layers to a thought about, about something. Normally, it's just like a thought and that's gone. Let's move on to the next thing. But if you really try to think about something and hash it out, it's not the easiest thing to to do because you realize how many layers are actually in this. And you just kind of wish your brain would just stop with that one layer and let it go. But it's just not the way it works. No matter how it's just so freaking weird. We have talked about I think we talked about this maybe on the last episode that me and you did. But like just thinking about. The, the layers of everything is just so weird. Mm. It's it's so weird that your brain is making thoughts that you can't control, even though your brain's inside your freaking head. <laughs> it's, it's it's just weird. It goes back to Sam Harris's point that we really don't have free will. Mm-hmm. Is that you know those thoughts just happen? Yeah, and, and we're there to field them. Mm-hmm. That's a deep onion, and I think he's went down that rabbit hole a little too deep, in my opinion. I love, I love Sam Harris. <laughs> love him from the uh, Making Sense podcast, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, at some point in time, I think that that kind of thinking becomes not it's not beneficial anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, useful anymore. Yeah, I was going to say unbeneficial, and that didn't seem to work. I don't think so that's I, a word. I don't think so either. But I, then I stuttered because I couldn't figure out what I was trying to say. <laughs> at any rate, 
I think our, our brains, like on a normal day, though, unless you make a practice of that, I, I love what you're doing in the mornings because I've come to the habit of checking in with myself every morning, which I read or heard somewhere. And I forget who it was that was talking about just taking at least a couple minutes and checking in with where your mind's at and how you're feeling and then kind of like leaning into what your day is going to be like, like what do you have to do today? Not really focusing on it, just kind of generally prioritizing, okay, I've got to eat breakfast. I got to brush my teeth. I get to work. When I get to work, I'm going to make sure that I, you know, do A, B, and C to, to ease into that portion of my day. And that's, I think that's very important for me, even though I, sometimes I forget to do it because life gets hectic, mm-hmm. but I like what you're doing there though, because from in our normal waking hours, like from just moment to moment, we're not unpeeling that onion at all. You know, it's mm-hmm. just our thoughts just, just continue because out of necessity, I think, okay, I've got this task in front of me. I do this task. Now I've got this task. Now I've got to, now I've got to get on my phone and, and take care of this. And you know, it just keeps going. And well, so we don't kinda... unpack things as very, very much. Well, it's almost like when you check in in the morning, you're preparing yourself for the things that you know are going to happen or kind of going to control. So like that stuff's already there and you know, you know how to do it. You know what you're going to do, but then that makes you a little more prepared for the things that could be out of your control mm. or, you know, mistakes that might come up or issues that you might have to handle, you know, th- those kinds of things. So like if you, if you already know what you can control and what's there then the other stuff isn't as daunting, I guess, mm-hmm. that you don't know is going to pop up but does. Yeah. yeah, And you can take that pretty deep. Like, I'm sure we talked about it. I know we did one time on the podcast many moons ago, but about how Steve Jobs only wore, like, one outfit mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. That seems so menial, though. You know, it seems so not uh, important. So it <laughs> seems so unimportant because... You know, who cares what you wear? But his point was that you take that that one task out. That's one less thing you got to worry about. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pick through your clothes. Right. You don't have to decide if Thursday is a good day to wear this tie or whatever. You just, you wear the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Takes it out of the equation. So right. your your brain can just let it go. So I wonder how something, how effective something like that really is. Like under the surface, like at the, at the unconscious level or just at the... The level of routine, you know, the automatic level. Yeah. So I don't know, but I, I don't want to wear just one thing. I'm not going yeah, I'm not going to do that. Right. But I just, you know, things like that. Did. But but if but for somebody like that who probably had, I mean, he was very smart, but maybe probably had like maybe some OCD issues or something like that. Yeah. That that's probably more of a major thought for him than it would be for us. You know what I mean? Like what you're wearing every day, just making it one thing every day is just makes life so much easier for that person. Us, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. True. You know, there are other things in our life that would be a lot more important than that. But for him, it's like, okay, I, I tackled a big part of my day and that's just figuring out what to wear. Yeah. So. Very true. Yeah. Patterns though. I, when we, when we get into patterns, which is something that I would like to do more of, but unfortunately, like, especially my son with, with his erratic sleep schedule, things like that. It's very difficult for me to get into a, a daily pattern, mm-hmm. but I think those patterns are important. You know, that kind of leaning back to what you were saying uh, about, you know, um, taking those things that you do have control mm-hmm. over and getting those out of the way mentally, mm-hmm. just so you know that those are covered. 
now you can your brain can put its energy toward the things that we don't have control over or the the unknown right the unknown unknowns like you have no idea what's going to come up you didn't see it coming mm-hmm. but now you've you've given your brain the the power that it needs the focus that it needs because it doesn't have to worry about these things over here you've already taken care of right i think that that's a pretty that's a pretty powerful uh routine to rely on because it gives you some flexibility right, right? And that's going to be, that's probably going to be my biggest challenge when the kid comes is like, there's going to be a lot more of unknown happening because, some, well, for one, it's something I've never been through before. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, you can't, you can be pre- only prepared as, as prepared as you can be, you know, for it. But there's, you know, at least for a while, I'm sure there's going to be just that, that feeling in your gut. Like you never, when you're not, like if you're not here and the baby is being babysat sat by somebody or something like that, you know, you're going to be thinking all day long, well, how are things going? What's happening? Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. So that's the, that's the biggest thing for me. So another thing, the whole check-in thing, I'm trying to do that with myself too, like trying to work out any issues that I have or trying to work out any maybe negative thoughts or anything like that. Try to get them out of the way or at least tone down before the kid comes so I can focus more of my energy towards the kid than mm-hmm. other stuff that probably doesn't necessarily matter and really isn't going to change my life much but he will. Yeah. So I need to make sure that that effort's going towards him. Yeah. So I think that's important. I think that's, that's great. I, I also think though, that you're not going to have much of a choice once he gets here. Yeah. It's like those things are going to get toned down, but to, to prepare yourself for that, I, I think maybe in your routine or just your general mindset, I, I think you're, you're definitely on the right track there. Well, you know, I, a buddy of, a buddy of ours told me at one time, and it's probably the most I mean, I'm feeling it already a little bit. I'm going to feel it's going to hit me like a wall when he gets here. But um, a buddy of mine or ours told me that as soon as he's here, you're going to automatically start feeling more compassion and you're probably going to start crying about stuff more just because it's just what that does. It's that bond and that feeling of having a kid that you created is here. And now it's just like a lot more things don't matter. Than they, than they did. And uh, that that's probably the thing that's stuck with me so far more than anything. You know, you got your people who are like, oh, you're not going to sleep for weeks, you know. And then you have people like, it's the greatest gift in the world to have a kid at home and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, yeah, I've heard those things, you know, all my life. I get it. Uh-huh. But for somebody to tell you, dude, you're going to cry more and you're going to have m- way more compassion towards people and towards everything in your life than you could ever thought of. Yeah is probably the thing that stuck with me the most. Yeah, the most profound that mm-hmm. hits you. Yeah. I cried when my son was actually born. It was okay. like tears came to my eyes, and I didn't anticipate that. Uh-huh. And because it, was, it wasn't just this, this person that I you know, was half you know, responsible for creating. Uh-huh. It was also because just it materialized. He materialized, mm-hmm. I should say. The whole experience materialized. But your wife's carrying this little... Th- you know, growing alien thing around in her and you can see the bulge and you can feel the kicks and, and you know, he's in there, Mm -hmm. but then this baby appears and it's, it was the most intense thing I think that I've ever felt when, when I actually saw him. Plus on top of that, you know, we, the wife, she had some issues early on and we were afraid that, you know, we, 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 had the fear that we were going to lose him at one point in time, you know, so that was a thing. And that was earlier on, but then the whole way through, obviously, because I'm, I'm pretty, you know, just, I I am very sensitive about my children. Like nobody watches my children like I do, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very protective. 
I, I try not to helicopter. I know we've talked about this before as well, but I try not to helicopter, but I am always on guard. Like the, it's always on my mind, their safety and things like that. Well, that started when he was still, you know, in the womb. Mm-hmm. And so when he actually appeared, it wasn't just, you know, all of that experience just kind of came to fruition in one moment. Mm-hmm. And I was overwhelmed. I cried and, and didn't even see it coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't like bawling crying, but I was, it was obvious that I was very emotional at that point in time. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah, I bet. So in general, do I cry more? I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but I do. You, you, not just your like logical priority shift though. It's almost like you, there is a shift in your emotions and your emotional, um, awareness, your, yeah. your emotional intelligence, because you, you're shifting to, you're responsible for your wife already. And she's, you know, in, in that 50, 50 partnership of a marriage, but this child is like, this is on you, man, mm-hmm. and, along with your wife. But like this, this child needs you to survive mm-hmm. daily. You know, and mm-hmm. so if you don't meet this child's needs, right? So that's a logical. There's a logical priority there, but it's also an emotional thing because you end up loving the, you know, you, you love them, mm-hmm. and um, that when they get hurt, you feel it, and and when they're not happy, you feel that. Mm-hmm. So you have to have that, and this might not be universal. Unfortunately, there are some bad parents out there who don't connect with their child as much as you know what they should, or as much as what I would like for them to, but. It's just like you have this new connectedness to a human being that you didn't have before. And so there's just that, like I said, the emotional intelligence just through the roof. Right. So I can see how, you know, it's definitely going to drive your compassion because I didn't have as much love for kids until my daughter came along. Like I liked kids. Okay. I had nephews and I, you know, they, kids have always gravitated to me. I even had some best friends in my early twenties that were some of my friends, kids, like they were babies, but they just took to me. We hung out a lot. But now I, it's like ever since my daughter was born, I just, I have this love for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, like that compassion is driven toward those kids yeah. because, you know, I, I understand them now because I connected like super connected to one. Right. Yeah, I, I can see how the connection hits a lot harder when the kid's here. It's it's interesting because we have some friends who their daughter is young, and uh, she just she's having a hard time grasping. I mean, I am too, I guess, but having a hard time grasping the fact, like, she understands there's a there's a baby in there, like in in my wife's belly, but she doesn't like understand how it grows and like how it, you know, is is it you know it has a brain and and stuff like that. I I think she just thinks that there's like a like a a, a skeleton in there of something <laughs> because we were just camping last weekend and we were trying to explain like the fi- well the, uh, it was over fourth of july weekend and the fireworks were going off and the baby was going crazy in her belly like oh, yeah. He, yeah so i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing apparently it's probably a bad thing because he's like i'm assuming he doesn't like the loud noises and stuff but he's like kicking and whatnot and uh, i brought her over i was like hey come over here you know feel her belly and she was feeling it she goes how's the baby doing that I'm like what do you mean it's kicking she goes, the baby don't even have a brain yet or anything and i'm like what like she doesn't, she, it's hard for her to grasp the concept of what a baby actually mm-hmm. looks like in there and, and what, it, how it's doing and how it's forming and stuff like that. And I guess almost even as an adult, it's kind, it's hard to think about that. Like you see pictures of a baby inside of a womb, but you can't physically see a baby inside there. So, you know, and then when you see like ultrasounds and stuff of a baby growing, like our ultrasound tech that we've had for a while is always, you know, saying this is where this is what people always think's creepy because it looks like an alien in there because it's like whole eyeball or like it's a whole eye hole isn't formed yet or whatever. Uh-huh. Like it's not, it's not like it, the baby's fine. Just want you to know that it just looks like an alien right now. 
So I don't know. It's it's just it's hard it's hard to grasp grasp it because it's nothing I've ever had to like try to grasp before. Yeah. So if I had a second kid, maybe it you know it'd feel a little more natural, but it doesn't yet. Yeah. So it's gonna be it's it's gonna it's gonna have a major impact when I actually see him. Like when he comes out, I'm like, oh crap, there's a. Yep. I got to keep that kid on the grid. <laughs> like this is this is something new in life now that's very important and you could go to jail for a very long time if you don't <laughs> take care of this kid. Well, yeah, there's that. Uh, <laughs> not that that's a part of my brain. It's always there. <laughs> yeah. Interesting that she was because who who really thinks about that unless you're like a doctor or something or just I don't know maybe the thought pops into your head probably happens to women who are carrying children more than it does guys but just how the baby is is forming in there how it's growing you know how it's, it, and they do they respond to the outside world you know some people say that you should play like Mozart or something for them so cause it helps their their, their intelligence uh-huh. helps their brain to to grow and and they uh, they start responding to the music that you're playing out there, just like he was responding to the fireworks. Mm-hmm. I've even heard that some babies respond to pets. Like when the dog was around the mom's belly, mm-hmm. she could feel more of uh, movement from the from the child inside. So they have some kind of even even at that level, they have some kind of connection. I know a lot of animals just kind of become sensitive also to the belly of yeah, the mom carrying they, the baby. They, they instinctively know they, that. Yeah. You know, there's you see the stories sometimes of dogs that are kind of aggressive, you know, just in general. And then like once a baby's here, that dog will like sit next to that baby and make just kind of make sure that nobody's, you know, yep. it's just like an, an instinctive thing, which is it's just weird to me that a dog does that for a human. Like, I understand, like, you know, my bulldog, he's a little aggressive towards people that he doesn't know mm-hmm. because he's being protective of us because he doesn't know those people. Yeah. And I get it, but it's just weird that they can instinctively do that for, like, a baby, like a, a, a baby that it doesn't know, but it's like now it's their turn to, they, they feel like they need to protect this baby now. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably have some kind of a intuition that it is because they're protecting you mm-hmm. and, and they, they know it come from you. Yeah. You know, they know it's a part. Well, they're here now. Right. You know, because I think most of the time they don't even become jealous that there's a new baby in the house. Right. You know, they, instead they become protective, like mm-hmm. you said, and they they love it. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. I say it, he or she, but you know what I'm saying, the baby. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there's a lot of good, and, and you get to see your pets change like that too. So just a lot of shifting that's about to happen. Yeah. So I know that's been on your mind too, and part of the reason why we also were on was on hiatus because you had the weekend of when I was actually coming back from Florida and I was exhausted. You had the diaper party. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was it we did a the whole double thing where the um, you had the baby shower with all the women and the girls first, and then after that we kind of had like a fish fry and diaper party thing out here, and mm-hmm. it, it was a good time. You know, there was there were some adult beverages involved played some can jam that seems to be like a new river favorite too have you played can jam i don't think i have so it's like these little barrel things that have an opening on the top and an opening on the front and it you play it with a frisbee and you set them far away from each other and you try to throw it and then your your other um your partner is trying to knock it down into it or you're trying to throw it in the front of it or something like that that's a very broad basic way of explaining it but it's it's a lot of fun We we had a lot of fun with it and uh our, you know, our good friend and friend of the show, Bryant Wolfen, came out and played. And I think Can Jam is his favorite game ever now. Really? Yeah. Good. Uh, we had some friends that came up from Springfield that I haven't seen in years. Yeah. Which was, inter- it was interesting. Um, just interesting because it's like 
nothing ever changed. They're exactly the same people as they always have been, but it's literally been years since I've seen them in person. Yeah. She um, contacted me, let me know she was, she wanted to surprise you all like, uh-huh. by showing up. So yeah. 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 It was fun. Um, but yeah, there was, there was probably 35, 40 people here or something like wow. that. Had a yeah. good fish fry and played some games and drank some adult beverages and got a wall full of diapers. I don't know if you've seen that picture of that middle room that we've got. I did. It was insane. Yeah, I did. Insane. It's a lot of diapers. Yeah. And you think that's a lot of diapers, but he'll go through them. Mm-hmm. He'll have no problem with that. Oh, yeah. Diapers and wipes and gifts and everything else. It's been, yeah. it's been nutty. Yeah. The, the diaper thing, that's, that's a thing. You know, it just, it, it amazes me how many diapers that you go through with the young ones. Yeah. And so the diaper party has a smart move <laughs> on your part. <laughs> Because you think, well, this this room full of diapers, this is there's no way I'm going to be able to use all these. But chances are you will. Yeah. You know because they're they're constantly eating, and, and they're constantly pooping and peeing because that's just what else they got to do. Right. You know yeah. they're trying to grow. Uh huh. And this is a process. Yeah. The big the biggest thing with that is just like the difference between, like the the sizes and stuff. You know, like your 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 newborn. You know, some babies can't even wear a newborn because they're too big for that. Yeah. And we don't know for sure how that's going to go yet too because the baby uh could be he's measuring a little bit bigger than so you know he could be an eight pound baby mm. come out which who knows if he can even wear newborn diapers at that point or you know anything like that so yeah and how fast they grow you know it, you may have a whole wall full of zero you know what zero to three diapers or whatever it is but you know you he may be only be able to wear that for like two weeks and now you got to go up to a size you know upsize and stuff like that so yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a, take a whole new uh, approach as far as finances go and stuff like that to be able to make sure you can afford all that kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, so it'll be that's that's something though. I know a lot of people fret about finances when it comes to a kid. Like I know some people who, as soon as they found out that their wife was pregnant, it's like, oh, I got to get all the overtime that I can get at work. I've got we've got to pad that savings account. We got to do this, that, and the other, and it hasn't really done that for me and i don't mean to sound lazy by saying that i just mean like i, I don't feel like i we, we're gonna have that issue because we're gonna make it work no matter no matter what yeah. he's gonna be the m- number one priority so no matter what we're not gonna have we're gonna make sure that everything's fine i'm not gonna have an issue with that you know i don't know exactly maybe those folks who you're referring to maybe they didn't they weren't quite so financially prepared for, for whatever reason or maybe they think that they have to you know um have all of the the best stuff or whatever kids don't care about your best stuff right you know my 12 year old girl now she's starting to become more brand conscious and things like that before that though i mean kids they don't they don't have any insight into stuff you know the most important thing is your time with them yeah if you're gonna spoil your kids spoil them with your time and your with your affection you know with your love don't spoil them with just stuff and so I, i i know personally some people who who maybe I, I don't know if they you know they worked all this overtime things like that but I'm, I'm pretty sure they did but i do know that their focus was on having stuff you know like whether it's you know for the kids room things like that which you want your kids room to look nice yeah but really we're doing that for us the that, kid doesn't recognize the colors scheme right. on the wall they don't recognize all that stuff until they're much older so well, that, that's what i was going to say like you know you're your little babies that people put like you know, high, you know, Hollister shirts on and Timberlands and stuff like that. Like you're doing that 
to show other people that you have money mm. or that y- you know you're doing or that just for your a fashion sense yeah or mm-hmm. a fashion sense that has nothing to do with your baby your baby has no idea what it's wearing right it could care less if it you know it was naked right now or if it is you know clothed in jewelry you know right. it just it, it doesn't matter now you got to find a balance there like you don't want your kid to look like it's homeless <laughs> you know when you t- when you take it out in front of people and stuff like that but yeah. it yeah it's it's still um kind of, kind of living through your kid i guess and it, i've been thinking is. i've been thinking about that a lot lately too as far as like sports go and stuff like that you know you always have those parents that are like so on their kid and uh you know yelling at coaches and all this other stuff because they either you know they, they were big into sports when they were kids or they were, but they weren't very good at it. And now they need to live through their kid to, to prove a point. Yeah. You know, and you see that and it, it, I hate it. I hate, I hate seeing that. Now I I think you, I think it's okay to do it to a point. Like don't kill your kid or, you know, don't, um, strain your relationship with your kid because of it. But yeah, I I just, it's just a weird situation sometimes. Well, sports to me, you know, a little different than clothes, but I see exactly the correlation there. But sports are a little different because I think they are important for the competition, for, you know, things like that to instill in your kid. Plus, yeah. it's good exercise, teach some teamwork, all that good stuff. Um, the clothes the clothes thing, you know, like you said, you don't want your baby to look homeless. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know what homeless babies look like. They, uh-huh. They're out there yeah. in the streets panhandling uh-huh. with, their, uh, with their empty bottles. But... But you're right. When 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 we dress our our children, how we dress our children is a reflection, or babies, I should say, especially babies. It's a reflection on us. Mm-hmm. You know, like I remember when my nephew, he's 19 now, but when he was like four, maybe four or five, I got him this Adidas jumpsuit. It was tight, man. I mean, it, it looked it looked sharp. It's something I would have worn if it were in my size. And that's exactly <laughs> the point. Yeah. You know, I got him something uh-huh. because I wanted to reflect my influence on him, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, even know if that's the right way to phrase it, but this was from Uncle Bob is what he called me. And so when he wore that and I saw him in it, I was like, that's, that's what's up, you know? <laughs> it, just, it made me feel like, I don't know, it just made me feel good that he was wearing something that I would wear. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's completely a reflection. So getting back to the main point, like I said, even even with decorating the room or or the kind of car seat that you have, you know, other than of course safety features mm-hmm. on that, right. obviously, but like all of these things, the, the how we purchase these things, the style, the colors, all all the schemes, all the ins and outs, the bells and whistles, that's all for us. Yeah, the baby could care less. Mm-hmm. You know, so but it, but it's still fun to do, right? Mm-hmm. As long as it's within reason, which comes back to your ease of mind about not having to go and work mad overtime because this baby's coming. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you want to start a college fund at some point in time if, you know, if you're wise. I'm not so wise because, well, we (laughs) didn't have much of a chance to before, but I'm starting to look at those things now. Like, I've got to get this thing going. Mm -hmm. Like, she's 12 now. Yeah. It's going to be before I know it that she's going to be needing some, you know, some assistance. I want to do what I can. But... That's all a reflection on us. And so your ease of mind to me tells me that you're, you've got the right perspective on how to approach buying things for the child. Mm-hmm. That you're not going all balls to the wall and just getting, like you said, Tommy Hilfiger you know, onesies. And mm-hmm. uh, of course, you did get some pretty sweet CEP onesies and, that was and raised awesome. on the radio, uh-huh. right? So that's, yeah. that was pretty sweet. Yeah. But once again, that's a reflection on you, right? It is. The babies, I mean, 
hopefully he's listening to the podcast right. via the womb. He's hearing some of our conversations, uh-huh. you know, and he's, he's learning and... And hating it already, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Probably ready to get out and write bad reviews. Uh, like, <laughs> he's, he's, he's excited to take a shit in that CEP onesie, I can tell you that. <laughs> but otherwise, that, that's just another reflection of us. But I, I think it's okay. I think it's perfectly natural and and okay. It's, it's fine for us to reflect ourselves through our children because really i mean it's it's a part of us they, he wouldn't be here without you mm-hmm. so yeah you're gonna wear that cep onesie and you're gonna <laughs> like it right but at any rate um i think we've got a lot of good things to look forward to how the podcast is going to change once he gets here is going to be interesting yeah i mean course we're gonna have to still find time to get it done which that'll be since the studios is at your house that makes it a little easier it does so you don't have to you know manage or a hectic schedule quite as much mm-hmm. if you're having to travel and things like that but uh, it looks like we do have some traveling coming up in the near future at least a little bit yeah. for the podcast mm-hmm. which you know will be different for us because we haven't done that in long time very long time of course i guess you know we did go up and see jeff and, and kyle up yeah, at uh, shamrocks true. True. um but before that, I would. It's been years, at least a year. Uh, well, we, I mean, we didn't I mean, do anything I mean, through twenty twenty. Say yeah, COVID was, put a big damper on everything. I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head what the last one before that was. So I apologize to whoever that was. Um, just goes to show how long it's been, though. It's nothing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's about it's, the person. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's been a minute, and it, you know, we kind of done stuff through Zoom and stuff like that. But you know, we've I've talked to a few people, and uh, we've got. At least one high higher profile guest that I'm hoping to lock down if we can if we can make it work once our schedules slow down just a little bit. Yes. And uh, then we probably got a couple of Zoom ones set, that we're going to be setting up. So yeah, it's going to be interesting getting back in the swing of things as far as just having guests on and stuff too. Because mm-hmm. we've kind of gotten the swing of just you know us getting in here and, and talking and stuff. So yeah, it's a. Uh, it's gonna be fun. We got we got we still have a fun lineup coming up. We're probably gonna have a few weeks, maybe a few weeks of a hiatus once the baby comes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once we get that schedule set up and get things running, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Once again, though, I still want to put some more time into the the production of things. You know, mm-hmm. with the intro, we've got some new music coming and mm-hmm. different things like that that I want to work on and just kind of polish things up a bit because we we haven't done that in a while. You know, mm-hmm. things have been uh, working well in my opinion, but. You know, it's nice to have some change every once in a while, mm-hmm. add some new elements and, and try to increase the, just the value of everything, the production value a little bit, see if we can't uh, hone in on a couple of things and make it work, but looking forward to it. And yeah, man, good conversation. Absolutely. Got a lot off my chest today. Did you? Yeah, absolutely. It's good. I, I love telling the beach story. That's always like, yeah. I just, I, I love being able to express myself via the beach. It means a lot to me. Yeah. So, yeah. What before we go? What what about uh, is your daughter the same way? Because you you took your daughter with you on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, does she like? Can you see that she's the same way as you are? I mean, I know I know you said she's kind of like a beach bum as far as as, yeah, as you are too. But like, does she use it the same way, or she just likes being on the beach? I I think that she has an intuition that's leaning toward the same intuition that I have. That's now materialized into a conscious understanding, a more conscious understanding of what it is that the, the ocean's doing for me, gotcha. like spiritually and things like that. She doesn't, of course, she's 12, so she doesn't have the same depth yeah. of understanding as what I have. But 
She loves the beach. She did take some time off one day. She didn't want to go back out because she got a little burned, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's, you know, she's she's going to wear out quicker than me too. Right. I prepared this time. I didn't. I didn't burn. This is the best tanning year I probably had ever in my life. Nice. Because I was prepared for it. But yeah, I think that I think that I I can see the the signs and and the um, just just the inner workings, the mechanics of her really. Not just being at the beach because it's fun where people are at, and she gets a boogie board every time we go down. So she's riding her boogie board out there. But I see her learning the waves, you know, and I give her some some tips along the way. You know, it's like when she's trying to get on her boogie board. At first, she was just trying to go straight into it, you know, into the wave, and it would it would crash her. Or she would one time we walked out and we weren't very far out, and the waves they they come and get you, you know. And so she's standing there not paying attention, looking back at the beach. This wave comes and just demolishes her. <laughs> we just and, and she's only in a, you know not even knee deep water yet, but the wave comes up and slaps her. It'll spank you, you mm-hmm. know. And so it spanked her down, and she hit the the beach, and then the wave kept coming, and just you know she was underwater there for a minute. So I go over there and I grab her and pick her up and stand her up, and she's just you know you can tell she was in a little bit of disarray. Mm-hmm. And a lady, you know, not too far from us, says, is she okay? <laughs> I said, she's fine, you know. But as as the week went on, you know, I told her, you know, let your body go with the waves. You know, when you're on that boogie board, just allow your body to have some flexibility so that you go with the wave and not against the wave, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and I watched her as she learned that. I watched her become more independent out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I see her develop in just a short amount of time. Right. You know, just I could just imagine if I had more time out there with her. Right. Like, you know, the, the ways that she could grow and develop just based off of the ocean, you know, just because it's not, you can go to the swimming pool and it's pretty easy. You go out in the ocean, you got to do some work, right? right? You got to walk through the sand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the sand's hot, you know, it's kind of harder to walk through. Mm-hmm. You got to find a spot. You're facing, you know, the sun because there is no indoor beach like mm-hmm. there is an indoor pool. Um, you got the constant ocean waves coming and crashing and you're always working against that, you mm-hmm. know, and you're always, you know, of course you got to look out for some, some wildlife sometimes, you know, jellyfish, things like that. Or maybe a, you know, eight foot bull shark. You know, maybe, but maybe, never maybe, know. but the oceans, it's, it's a lot more difficult than it is, but th- there's a payoff there, you know, because you learn out there, you learn things. Mm-hmm. You don't learn so much at a pool. You learn, you, you can learn how to swim, you know, maybe work on your backstroke or your dive, something like that. Mm-hmm. But in the ocean, there's just, to me, and maybe I, I get deep when it's, when it comes to the ocean, <laughs> but there's a lot more life lessons out there that you actually internalize, you know, whether it's going with the waves or watching out for jellyfish or Making sure that you're 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 not getting burned, mm-hmm. or watching for uh, riptides to right. pull you out. Yeah. You know, if you start to get pulled out, what do you do? So I had that talk with her as well, talking about swimming sideways. You know, not trying to go straight back in because the riptide just keep pulling you out. Mm-hmm. There's just so much to 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 do out there, and she loves it. Yeah. So that's it's you know that there's got to be something there that she's internalizing right. because it is hard work, and she's not. I mean, you know, she's not one to really work too hard. <laughs> But the good thing is because she's, she's bougie, you know, she, she doesn't typically like to get dirty or like to, you know, get hot or anything like that. She doesn't like to sweat, mm-hmm. but she loves the ocean. She loves the beach and she loves the river. And so I'm doing something right. Yeah. So she's got the, she's got the raw materials to, to be okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Right on, man. All right. Good stuff. Yes, sir.